0: I realize it can be so confusing to rifle through all the nutrition messages that you are seeing and hearing on your social media feed from celebrities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and know what's actually true. So today we're going to hit one of the bigger messages that has been going around for oh, a while now. A while now gluten-free eating. The implication is that gluten-free eating is healthier for everyone. And we're going to address that today. So stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Charco, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor. Here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ, Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restricted food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on, like I did, and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello to my sisters. So yeah, one of the many nutrition trends that has had just a big impact is the gluten-free craze. And I know it has had quite an impact because over the past years, the gluten-free options at the grocery store have exploded. In fact, most grocery stores now have an entire section designated for gluten-free options. Now, when you see that, you know that marketers and stores are just responding to demand. They're not saying, oh, this is healthier and therefore we want to provide more. They're saying, oh, more of you want to buy this, so we're going to make more money if we provide more of these things. So have that in your mind at all times. Just because a store promotes something or in this case has a big section of gluten-free, it doesn't mean that there's a scientific reason for it, okay? So this is quite a phenomenal development for those who have to eat a gluten-free diet. In fact, what a blessing. There was a time when this was not the case. And those who have to eat gluten-free, it was harder for them to have foods that were easy to get at and just have a variety to enjoy. So this is really a wonderful development for those that need it. But the question we're here to answer today is, do you need to eat a gluten-free diet to be healthier? Because honestly, that's the message I've seen peddled around for quite a while now. I think the place to start is by talking about first what gluten is. What is gluten? Well, gluten is simply a protein found in certain grains like wheat, rye, and barley. Well, actually, it's a combination of two proteins that become what we call gluten once these two proteins are combined with water, gluten is what forms that really elasticy substance that's in dough as we stir it or knead it. And different types of flours have different amounts of those proteins, and so they form different amounts of gluten. Now, you can picture this because you can think of the difference between, say, a nice crusty bread versus a delicate muffin or cake. The bread's often made from a higher protein bread flour, which has more of those proteins that make the elastic glutens, while cake and pastries are often made from the lower protein or pastry flours. And you can feel the texture difference between the two. You can taste it, and also when you're even making it, if you're a baker, there's a big difference between kneading bread dough and stirring up some batter that you don't want to overmix. The bread has more of that chewy, elastic y texture, meaning it has more glutens that have developed as the proteins interact with the water. Now, who needs to eat a gluten free diet anyway? As I mentioned, there are people that do need to eat a gluten free diet. In fact, about one percent of the population, so maybe not as many as you were thinking, but certainly a good chunk, one percent of the population, has a particular genetic disease called celiac disease or celiac sprue. This is actually the most common genetic disease worldwide. So for those with celiac disease, Gluten causes this immune reaction in their body, and that results in inflammation and some damage to the intestinal lining. And this damage in that intestinal lining, it prevents the absorption of nutrients. And then therefore, as you can imagine, that leads to a lot of health issues over time. So if you continue to eat gluten, your lining in your intestines continues to be damaged and will not absorb the nutrients your body needs over time. Now, again, I'm talking specifically about that 1% of the population that was born with celiac disease or celiac sprue. Now, some symptoms of celiac disease include, you know, as you can imagine, gastrointestinal problems and discomfort, headaches, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, joint pain, and some people actually experience autoimmune issues in other parts of their body as their immune system flares up because of the gluten response. Now, one really tricky aspect of celiac disease is that it isn't always easy to identify. Some people don't have noticeable symptoms, but all the while their intestines are being damaged by gluten over those years. And it takes a blood test or even an, an endoscopy to be done, and that has to be done while the person is still eating gluten-containing foods. So a person can go years and years before they even suspect that gluten could be a problem. It's really important that those with celiac disease do eat a gluten-free diet throughout life. This is really challenging, but as I mentioned, what a blessing to have so many market-driven, but still gluten-free options nowadays. And for those who must have a gluten-free diet, they can eat foods labeled with a gluten-free claim, which is very highly regulated by the FDA. Now, restaurants, they're a bit trickier. They can have gluten-free offerings within a restaurant, but there's always that danger of cross-contamination. So you really are depending on the understanding and the ability and the diligence of the kitchen and serving staff if you're at a restaurant ordering gluten-free items. And certainly take the opportunity to speak with the manager at the restaurant and let them know what you really need, and their ability to carry that out. Even with that, of course, you're depending on them to do that. All right, so we are going to continue this conversation on whether you need to eat a gluten-free diet to be healthier right after this quick break. There's a lot of new stuff going on over here, starting with our newsletter. Each week, you can expect some cool stuff like behind-the-scenes sneak peeks of the online program that's coming out in a few months or updates or any free resource. Well, those go directly to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss a beat, a pod, or a peek by signing up for the free email newsletter at CherylSharko.com slash newsletter. All right, welcome back, my sister. So there might be two other groups on top of those who have celiac disease, who could benefit from a gluten-free diet. Now first, there are people who have an actual allergy to wheat, and that's shown by a particular immune factor in a lab test. An actual bona fide allergy has evidence, it has proof. And if you have an allergy to a food, you really want to stay away from it, because those can get dangerous. Second, though, over the recent years, there's just been this new idea bandied about called gluten intolerance. Now, the symptoms stated or claimed are similar to those of celiac disease, but it's not an immune reaction and it's not an allergy. And so it doesn't cause the same results of either of those health issues. However, there are people who do report digestive and other issues after eating gluten-containing foods. There are no antibodies appearing with the gluten intolerance or any of those other recognized health problems we discussed. But if you regularly find digestive problems after eating gluten-containing foods, which might be hard to parse out, maybe it's something else in that food, another ingredient. But if you think it might be gluten, um, try a gluten-free diet. Go ahead and try that. It's not going to harm you um, if you're doing a trial of it. And if you want to be extra sure, do something called an ABA test. This means going from eating your regular diet, A, then eating a very strict gluten-free diet. You have to be very careful to not allow any gluten in there. And that's your B. Be very diligent in this and gluten-free for a whole two weeks in your B phase, okay? Okay. Then we want to go back to eating some gluten-containing foods or the A phase again to see if the symptoms return. So you go from eating your regular A way of dieting or eating, not dieting, don't diet, uh, way of eating, and and then you're trying a very strict gluten-free diet for two weeks and writing down, keeping records of symptoms being alleviated. And then you're going back to slowly adding gluten-containing foods back in the A phase. And again, keeping close records of symptoms that are reappearing. Okay, so that's a nice, easy test. It's a two-week test or maybe extend it out to three weeks when you start slowly adding the gluten back in. It won't have any long-term health effects. And it's a good thing to try if you suspect gluten is causing some intolerance issues in your digestive system. Gluten-free foods include, well, all foods outside of wheat, barley, rye, triticale, or foods processed with these grains, such as oatmeal or processed products that don't in themselves contain gluten, but they might be manufactured in a plant that has those flowers airborne flying around on the cutting and preparing surfaces and whatnot. So it's easier To eat a gluten-free diet, if you stick to mostly the fruits, vegetables, lean proteins and dairy and non-gluten whole grains, such as brown rice and quinoa and oats that specifically say they're gluten-free, meaning they weren't uh, prepared or processed in the same plant as flowers, and corn. So this one's sure that you keep your body nourished properly because we don't want to just eliminate grains. Your body needs those for many reasons. So the grains that do not contain naturally gluten proteins, rice, quinoa, oats, and corn. Okay, so we are going to talk next about whether the general public benefits from a gluten-free diet in just a moment. Hey, sisters, I have some good news. I want to get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. All right. And we're back. And so here we are. We're going to discuss this final question. Does the general public benefit from a gluten-free diet? Is a gluten-free diet just healthier overall for everyone? Well, the answer is maybe surprisingly, no. 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 And I see the trend of eating gluten-free as much as you do, but please know that this is actually a less healthy way of eating if you don't fall into one of those three categories mentioned before the break where gluten-free eating is necessary. Um, Processed gluten-free foods are a food science achievement, but to make these foods look and taste like the originals they're often a lot less nutritious, and they're very modified in their ingredients. On top of the processed foods issue, giving up wheat and related grains, means that you'll be avoiding some really important nutrients. You're likely gonna miss out on a lot of the fiber that your body needs, and you'll be missing the health benefits that whole wheat provides, such as blood sugar regulation and lowering cholesterol. Now, again, there is nothing wrong with substituting a wheat grain for one of those other grains mentioned, but there are just different nutrients in different plants. And if you don't need to restrict those, then you're doing your body a disservice. I love to promote whole grains when possible, at least half of the time. It's optimal, but there's nothing wrong with including refined grains in your diet because they are also enriched With other nutrients that were stripped in the processing. This is only the case for wheat flours. That means that the iron, niacin, riboflavin, thiamin, and folic acid that were stripped away when the fibrous parts of the wheat plant were removed, now those those vitamins are returned back to it. Vitamins, and I should say the mineral iron. This is not the case for any other flour, not the case for any other grain, including those used for gluten-free foods. This is only the case for wheat flours. So when you're eating, say, refined flours that are made from corn or rice, and they're very starchy and they're used to substitute for white flour you are missing out on all the added back iron, niacin, riboflavin, thiamine, folic acid. And that's really important. There's a reason they were fortified in the first place and that this was made a law because many Americans were not getting enough of these in their diet. And this had some far-reaching ramifications in health. Now, in addition, it's a misnomer that gluten-free diets cause weight loss, I see this a lot. Um, Gluten-free substitutes are often just as high in calories or energy as the original product made with wheat. Sometimes they have even more fat or sugar to make up for some of the cooking properties or texture differences. And when weight is initially lost with a gluten-free diet, it's often just because some of the processed and refined grains and sweets have been eliminated. But unless these are replaced with fiber-rich brown rice, quinoa, corn, oats, fruits, vegetables in their whole form, as well as lean proteins, any weight loss that was found initially, it's likely to be very short-lived. It doesn't matter whether it's wheat or rice or corn, gram for gram, they all have the same amount of energy. So unfortunately this misunderstanding it's just led so many people to eat highly refined gluten-free snacks like cookies and crackers and breads in the mistaken belief that these will be healthier or lead to weight loss and honestly nothing could be further from the truth. And maybe even most importantly, I'm not sure but maybe most importantly, at least from my perspective I am never for restricting foods when you don't need to. That whole process is what leads so many people to later binge eating. So, if you do not absolutely need to eliminate anything from your diet, but here we're talking about gluten and wheat, if there's no medical or intolerance issue, then don't eliminate that. Don't restrict that. Don't make that a, quote, bad food in your life. So my sisters, I hope this has been helpful and informative and will help you be armed to make the right decisions for the foods that you enjoy, that you thank the Lord for. Of certainly, if you want, if you want to see a biblical food that we can thank the Lord for, it's wheat. Yeah. So let's enjoy the good gift that God has left for us. And for my friends out there who do need to eat a gluten-free diet for health reasons or intolerance reasons, then you also can just rejoice in the abundance right now of gluten-free options out there. Enjoy this good gift of God to you. All right, my sisters. So following 1 Corinthians 10.31... Let's work to, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, let's focus on giving all the glory to God. I'll see you next time. Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.